chapter four of order number eleven this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org order number eleven by caroline abbott stanley chapter four a stronghold of orthodoxy virginia you'd better go in the carriage with us said mrs trevilian as she heard her daughter ask some question about rob roy no i don't want to i want to ride it is too muddy for you to ride said mrs trevilian firmly you would ruin your riding skirt now mother i'm going to ride with brother there was rebellion in virginia's eyes she turned to beverly for at this moment mrs trevilian stepped to the door to speak to her husband brother say something it's all right going verge but you see i'm engaged for the return trip was beverly's prudent aside well i'll come home with father father yes i know you will oh yes mother verge and i are going together it's all planned i'll look out for her skirt still mrs trevilian demurred she would be a great deal more comfortable inside the carriage with us no she wouldn't said miss nanny trevilian as virginia flew upstairs she was younger than her sister-in-law there are different ways of taking comfort some people take it in pairs when the carriage reached the church virginia was seated demurely up in the corner of the trevilian pew sally in the corresponding corner of the seat back of her and gordon and beverly across the partition on the men's side it just happened that they came so hickory grove church to which miss abby was that morning introduced was the counterpart of hundreds of missouri churches in the year of our lord eighteen fifty nine there was the same impersonal character to its architecture that appeared in the dwelling-houses and in the pioneer millinery where the presiding genius invested triennially or at most biennially in a block and made all bonnets after one model trimming them impartially with a bow behind three loops at the side and a bunch of flowers the headgear inside of hickory grove church however was much more varied than this for it was made up of sunbonnets of all hues and scoops with blue or green barege skirts and elaborate quillings and bows with here and there a flimsy flippant flowery creation from the town milliners the bonnets ranged all the way from the dainty white ruffled ones with pink strings and bows from under which fresh young faces peeped out to the austere row of brown ginghams that covered the heads of the mctavishes mother and daughters who all wore dresses of the same material down to the youngest a babe in arms suggesting irresistibly the purchase of an original package miss nanny trevilian's piety had been seriously called in question by some of the devout scoops of hickory grove church because she would always have the latest fashions from lexington or independence sometimes it was said even sending all the way to st louis for her summer bonnet kansas city then had so lately got over being westport landing that it could not be expected to furnish fashions for the gentry of jackson county 
outwardly the building was not unlike other rural churches miss abby had seen but inside there were some startling features in the first place the pulpit instead of being at the farther end of the church was placed between the two front doors and all who went in must face the whole staring congregation this was the distinguishing excellence of missouri churches in antebellum days and made it possible for curiosity to be frankly gratified without unseemly stretching of necks and turning of heads a country church is so largely a social institution that it seems greatly desirable to provide for this the trevilians were a little late that morning and the peculiar architecture of the missouri church never answered a better purpose than when they walked up the aisle there was a large attendance in spite of the roads miss abby stood the test she was well dressed and ladylike in appearance the telegraph verdict was that she would do there was time before the service began for the newcomer to look around and make some observations on her own account the place was as bare and guiltless of adornment as a monk's cell uncarpeted uncurtained uncushioned its painted seats hard and unyielding like the faith of its worshippers the men sat on one side the women on the other and giggling whispering girls and half-grown boys flocked each by themselves somehow there always seemed to be more half-grown boys at a country church than anywhere else in the world they lounged outside till the service began the older ones ready to help from her horse every woman young or old that appeared they may have been lacking in the outward polish of conventional life those stalwart young frontiersmen but they had been trained to deferential helpfulness to women for generations before they were born not only was the church without ornament but it seemed to miss abby also without ordinary comforts mrs trevilian whose family in virginia had been mild ritualists of the low church type had scandalized the congregation when the church was built by putting in her pew a footstool and a strip of carpet it was thought to lean toward worldliness if indeed it was not a concession to the scarlet woman and was looked at askance at first but her example was soon followed by the well-to-do members with a startling variegated result mrs trevilian had talked about a cushion but happening to speak about it in the presence of mrs mctavish whose husband was a ruling elder and magnified his office it was brought informally before the session and frowned down mr mctavish calling attention pointedly to the woes pronounced upon those who sat at ease in zion apparently these woes did not apply to the brethren or else they were more willing to take chances for in half the pews on the male side were spittoons and in the other half there ought to have been attention was quite impartially divided between these receptacles and the heads of the sermon but it was not the position of the pulpit startling as that was nor the patent fact that she was in a community of tobacco chewers that made this church stand out in miss abby cheever's mind as belonging to a new order it was the gallery in the rear filled with dusky faces and white turbaned heads she had never seen negroes in a church before and was unprepared for their presence she had not supposed until this morning that any provision was made for the spiritual needs of the brother in black she thought she had studied all phases of this subject but somehow this had escaped her 
she stole surreptitious glances in that direction as they rose for prayer it stirred her with a sense of infinite pathos to see those dull patient faces as they listened to the man of god and to hear their voices mingle with those of their masters in singing his praise she compared them in her mind to the captives of babylon and wondered with a flood of pity how they could sing the lord's songs in a strange land she had forgotten that this to them as to their masters was home miss abby was destined to a still greater surprise soon after the trevilian party was seated an aged negro whose white wool formed a most striking contrast to his black skin came in at the front door and sat down in a split-bottomed chair just below the high pulpit she had noticed that the others ascended to the gallery by an outside stairway the old patriarch leaned forward comfortably on his staff as though he belonged there miss abby was watching him breathlessly knowing the southern intolerance of presumption on the part of the alien race she expected nothing short of instant ejectment nobody seemed to take any notice of him however and she turned toward mrs trevilian with a question in her eye it is captain hart's old uncle adam that lady whispered he is so deaf that he can't hear up in the gallery and mr singleton had that chair put right down under the pulpit for him he loves to come this little incident and its very simple explanation made a deep impression on miss abby she was getting together a small stock of sensations that she hardly knew how to classify they did not seem to belong in any of the prearranged cuddy-holes of a somewhat immobile memory the white faces around her were less absorbing and yet they were not without a certain fascination from the fact that they were the faces of the masters of these slaves one versed in types would have seen that the bulk of them were of the sturdy scotch-irish stock which had found its way hither via ulster and the deep sea which had hewed its path resistlessly through the hardships of pioneer life till it had come out at last where hewing was no longer imperative with flocks and herds and houses and lands and peace and plenty around but they were the faces of men who were ready to hew still at whatever stood in their way the men of whom theodore roosevelt said years ago in his keen analysis of the new west there was little that was soft or outwardly attractive in their character it was stern rude and hard like the lives they led but it was the character of those who were every inch men and who were americans to the heart's core among them were faces of another type those which bespoke gentle blood though not less red whose owners spoke with more cultured phrase and moved with the stately grace of gentlemen of the old school the term has been scoffed at and travestied and misapplied until one hesitates to use it but to those missourians whose memories go back to the old slaveholding days wherever they were spent it stands always for the central figure in the neighborhood judge or colonel or major as the case might be whose manners were a trifle ornate perhaps whose stateliness was sometimes oppressive to a ruder presence but whose breeding never failed and he or his father almost invariably came from virginia 
he and such as he formed the gentry of jackson county though they never even in thought called themselves by any such vainglorious name as miss abby scanned the faces of the men who were to be her patrons for the coming year she was startled to come upon one well back against the wall that seemed to be staring straight at her it was an evil face if there is anything in physiognomy miss abby returned the gaze with one that might quell even the scotch-irish but the man's countenance did not change then she perceived that he was looking not at her but at virginia who sat beside her she gave an instinctive glance at the girl virginia was utterly unconscious of the little by-play at the moment that miss abby turned she was lifting a smiling face up to gordon who had just whispered something to her miss abby's eyes went back to the man he too had seen the radiance of virginia's upward glance his gaze shifted to gordon and a sudden look of hate leaped to his eyes miss abby felt as if she had been reading the first page of a story that might turn out badly she wondered who the man was and why he looked at virginia that way all these observations had been quietly made before the services began it was miss abby's inherited custom to pay strict attention to the minister's message it was hard to do so here she found down in the front corner of the church on the female side was a cedar bucket on a pine shelf the bucket had a coconut gourd in it to this fount of refreshment came at all times through the sermon lank mothers with crying babies and a small procession of assorted sizes at their heels the clerical incumbent of hickory grove church certainly had need of clear head and steady nerves for the competition was varied and all compelling no sooner had the sermon got well under way than the children began to stray up and down the aisles sometimes attracted by the water bucket sometimes to the nearer contemplation of companions of kindred tastes a little way off miss abby accustomed to the decorum of a new england city church found herself more absorbed in the scene around her than in the minister's points of doctrine just in front of the trevilian pew were mrs brooks and her small daughter patty flanked by a little negro girl with puffy locks who enjoyed the distinction of being in the family pew by virtue of having to tend to her miss patty apparently the tending too was not very thorough for her charge escaped her espionage and sauntered down toward the pulpit looking back roguishly at her mother who was making unavailing motions for her to return cassie was dispatched to capture her but patty with a bubbling laugh that brought a grandfatherly smile to more than one face pressed on her dusky caretaker who was only a few years older following patty seated herself on the top step leading to the pulpit and cass as was proper took the step below then this reprehensible nurse showed her miss patty the reticule of sweet cakes put in to break the fast on the way home and patty decided that the time for refreshments was now she took the bag graciously gave a cake to cass and took one herself the effect upon that congregation of youngsters was electrical with a rising as spontaneous as that which lay behind the children's crusade they started patty was soon surrounded by a throng of silent hungry satellites who put their fingers in their mouths but said never a word 
but patty knew reaching down she generously handed each mute suppliant a cake they dropped down below her on the steps one by one to rise again when that was gone and stand as before then patty began to look anxious she investigated the bags sized up her following and prudently broke the remainder of the cakes in halves a smile rippled over the feminine side of the house at this exhibition of housewifely caution there was a giggle from sally and mr singleton wondered what was going on down below he had not time to investigate however for at this moment a barefooted little urchin on the other side began to straggle near the pulpit mr singleton saw his approach with dismay while virginia and gordon exchanged amused glances it was little tommy trawls who feared neither god nor mr mctavish and least of all the kindly minister tommy mounted the steps and mr singleton involuntarily put out his hand to ward off the attack tommy seized it promptly and tugged at it to secure a hearing mither thingleton the beleaguered minister gently extricated himself from tommy's grasp and patted him on the head trying hard to hold on to the heads of his discourse he began to realize the penalties of a man's making himself too friendly in his parish but young trawls was of a persevering turn of mind he caught the tortured ecclesiastic who was rosily conscious that virginia trevilian was smothering a laugh by the coat-tail and held on till he had told his tale of woe in a shrill childish treble that reached all but the dull ears of uncle adam below mr thingleton i got a thore toe there was a moment in which even the elders lost the connection then mr trawls senior who ought to have been on duty long ago reached for the culprit and the episode was closed behind the house miss abby was not able to recall quite all the heads of the sermon when she got home but she found herself the possessor of some very new and distinct impressions for all that mrs trevilian took the opportunity after church while the horses were being hitched up to introduce her to the ladies whose children she would have in school it was the hour when the informal reception was always held as the dark-hued charioteers also took this time for a pleasant exchange of civilities and nobody in the section ever hurried the occasion was sometimes prolonged until the dark suspicion arose in the minds of the ungodly that the social features of hickory grove church rivalled in importance the spiritual there was a pleasant little coterie of kindred spirits on grand prairie at the time such as may often be found in pioneer communities where a few families constitute the brahmin class these were the ones who were gathering around miss abby now representative people of the neighborhood to the outskirts of this group came a man and woman who had watched from afar the gathering of this little company and after a few words of consultation had walked resolutely across to join it they stood at mrs trevilian's back in full sight of miss nanny and the new teacher a very casual observer could have seen that they had come for the express purpose of being presented but they were standing where mrs trevilian could not see them and miss nanny ignored their presence beyond a bow they waited a few moments listening to the lively conversation with an evident sense of being on the outside and then turned abruptly and walked off miss abby's eyes followed them 
the woman was saying something in a low excited tone and the man's face was black just then mr singleton was brought up and dr lay and some of the other gentlemen and she lost the disgruntled couple miss abby was not a little surprised to find cultured speech and easy manners among the ladies to whom she was introduced her mind being naturally a little prejudiced against border ruffians unconsciously she had expected to find the term more technically descriptive than it seemed to be however she met all their frank cordial advances in the same spirit so far as in her lay which it must be confessed was not very far for she was encased in the slight impervious shell of new england reserve which they tried to get through and couldn't which she tried to throw off and couldn't but they found her ladylike and that was the main thing and she found that their sentences were parsed which was what she had been uneasy about and so they got along it is perhaps too much to expect that two sections as far apart in distance and sympathy as were massachusetts and missouri in that particular decade would do more than this gordon said mrs trevilian as he helped her into the carriage you and sally come home with us to dinner aunt viney is preparing for eight or ten and we've nobody but mr singleton and mr whalen mrs whalen is down in lafayette thank you ma'am i believe i will there are some things i want to talk over with beverly before we go and sally is always ready a few moments later he was riding down the road very very slowly so that the riding skirt would not get splashed talking some of them over with beverly's sister on the way home the trevilians were discussing the people miss abby had met who were the lady and gentleman that came up and then went away without being introduced asked miss abby i don't know said mrs trevilian in surprise did anybody do that i didn't see them do you know who it was nan yes returned miss nanny composedly i saw them it was the tigermans why didn't you introduce them i didn't want to why nan sister betty you know the tigermans had no business popping themselves up there to be introduced they have no children old enough to go to school and they are not friends of ours they came because they saw other people doing it and they wanted to push themselves in nothing else in the world oh well that kind of people i like to be specially polite to and that kind of people i like to sit down on said miss nanny besides i don't want miss abby to take her opinion of the neighborhood from the tigermans they don't belong here anyway it seemed rather strange to the new england teacher that everybody called her miss abby it seemed to be the way of the country but nan they will be sure to take offence of course said miss nanny without much concern of soul the tigermans always take offence they are that kind of people End of chapter 4